Hi everybody and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist and internationally published author, helping take your life, your business, your health, fitness, body and mindset from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And today I'm reflecting on one of the tremendous benefits of having a coach in your life or multiple coaches in your life. When you are so focused and dedicated on taking a particular aspect of your life from where you are now and you've got that vision of what it is that you want to achieve, that's when the coaches can really have a deep impact on your life. The challenge is, I believe, before you go out and get a coach, because like if we went back 20 years, the only people that probably, well, maybe it's shorter than that, I don't know, maybe longer. The only people that I could really relate to as having coaches were sports people. Like there was a coach of the team, a coach of the local basketball team and uh, the football team and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't actually have that much coaching experience. It's just that they used to be a good player or something and then nobody else wanted to step up to be a coach. So they said they would do it. Um, when it comes to these days, I think that the concept of coaching can seem trendy for some people. So they just go out and get a coach, but they don't really get the best out of the coaching because they haven't really worked out, well, what do you really want to get out of the coaching? Why have you gone to this particular coach? Because somebody else said, oh yeah, they, like Tony Robbins, for instance, oh yeah, Tony Robbins, he changed my life. Now, Tony Robbins had a deep impact on my life too, but before I started to really extract the value of what he offers, I needed to be clear on what was I looking for from this experience. And what I actually did was I said, I wanted to change my life in every area. And then I did some research to work out, okay, so who can help me in these particular areas? And then I said, right, this person. So Tony, he helped me on some mindset stuff. JT's helped me on the business side of things. Um, you know, other coaches have helped me on other aspects of my life. My strength and conditioning coach helps me on the nutrition side, the exercise side of what it is that I do. Even though I'm, you know, one of the best at what I do, I still need coaches to help me get to where I want to get to. So I have found, though, that until I had that clarity, I'd had coaches in the past where I just expected, because I had a coach, that I would get fantastic outcomes. But as you and I both know, take somebody like uh, you know, the, the greats of Messi, Ronaldo, uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you know, all of these great players, they just didn't get a great coach and expect the results to come. They put in an incredible amount of work ethic to be able to achieve the things that they had and then the coaches were the ones that guided them along the way. They still had to do the work, but they were also very, very clear about what it is that they truly, truly wanted. And one of the things that I think was missing from my life early on was coaching. Now, having just said that out loud, I did have a coach early on, and this, in, not in the, the context that you may may think of coaching these days, but I'm going to tell you a little story about how this particular person had a deep impact on my life and was probably the first ever coaching experience I had. So there's a long backstory to this, which I'm not going to bore you with right now, but 
Uh, when I was 11 years old, my mum wanted me to learn to play the bagpipes. And that's a really obscure instrument to learn, very loud and offensive. And unfortunately, most people hear them play badly and say, I don't like the bagpipes because they've heard them play badly. Uh, but they're a remarkable instrument, one of the, the hardest instruments to play. And so I went along to that, didn't want to learn it, went along, first night, was addicted, loved it. And then from then, I just had this hunger to become better. And I'll tell you what drove me to start with. I was no good at sports. I was a small little kid and I was just no good at sports. Even though I loved them, I was no good at them. And this all of a sudden was something that I had a passion for. I wasn't good at it straight away because we're not really good at most things straight away. But I had this burning desire to just practice and practice because I liked the concept of being able to play music and put together these notes. And you learn, like any musical instrument, you learn scales, the notes, the scales, and then you start to uh, learn some, you know, very simple, uh, we call them tunes, if you like, songs. And then you progress from there, and then you memorize them, and then you get better, and then you get harder pieces of music. And it was just opening up all of these avenues for me. And then I would listen to music and like the, like world champions playing, and I think, wow, that's amazing. I love the sound. They get your foot tapping, and I just love that. And so I became addicted to it and I just practiced and practiced and practiced to become better. And I was practicing like at least an hour a day, then it went to two hours a day. And some days I'd practice for three hours a day and each week I'd be given a task to learn. I'd go home, I'd perfect it. Next week I'd say, can I have some more? Can I have some, you know, the next tune, the, the next one? And then it was graduating from there to then play in the band, etc. And so by the time I got to, I think it was about maybe 12, uh, my parents took me to somebody else that was way better at what they did, worked with kids, and he introduced me to this concept of competing. And I'm like, what do you mean, competing? They have competitions for this stuff? And he said, yeah. And you started at a learner level and you went learner, elementary, sub-intermediate, intermediate and then open and I went through all the grades and when he said that I could compete that lit a fire within me. Do you know why? Because I wanted to win a trophy. I wanted to win a trophy in what it was that I liked and so that really drove me. Now <clears throat> the very first contest I went in I won and I was surprised because it was one of those things where we all competed for the day and then at the end of the day, they announced it and they went backwards from like maybe fourth, third, second, and then they announced the winner. And when they announced the winner, I was just sitting there. I was, I was stunned. So I thought, oh man, it doesn't look like I've placed because I thought surely I wouldn't have won. And then I got first place. And it's like, I was just sitting there and Fred, who was my coach, or we used to call him a tutor, um, he said, what are you doing? That's you. Get up, go get your prize. And I was so surprised. And the judge spoke to me afterwards and said, you know, you played really well and it's what you did. And I was just like dumbfounded. And I had this biggest smile on my face. And even to this day, I've kept that, well, I've kept all the trophies, but it's that particular trophy. I've won trophies that are way bigger than it and mean more in term, well, sorry, uh, like a bigger prizes than that. But because that was the very first trophy that I ever won and what that meant to me as a little kid 
was really, really something because that gave me confidence to say, wow, I'm actually good at this. I really am. And what did that do? It just spurred me on. But Fred, he turned into be, he was like a parent. Like I used to go over and just see him on weekends and stuff, not to practice or anything, but we became so close. And he, he was really like a grandfather to me. He was um, like he was in his like late 50s or early 60s when he started to tutor me. And we became really good friends because I didn't have a lot of friends. And he didn't live that far away and I'd ride my bike over and to his place and um, like we would learn new songs together. Um, he'd play for me, he taught me all about how to tune uh, the bagpipes and uh, what to do with reeds and how to modify them. The reeds are what, you know, go into the, the bagpipes. Um, you know, we'd explore different things together. He was um, a gold fossicker and he'd show me all the gold he's collected over the years and like really fascinating. It was a really, really um, great relationship that we had. And he taught me so much about life and so much about like different aspects. I caught my very first fish with him. He took me out to Lake Epilock in his boats and um, we caught the very first fish together. And we just spent a lot of time. He had a really deep impact on my life. And um, it wasn't until many years later that I realized that he was, he was actually my first coach. And he was the person that helped me understand what it was to develop a really strong work ethic. And he would tell me about other players and um, I'm feeling a bit emotional now, actually. Now I'm just thinking about this. Um, but tell me about other people and, uh, you know, personalities. And just he had a way of educating me about things in life and about personalities and what that strong work ethic meant that it, it really had a deep impact on me for later in life. And he was never somebody to pay out compliments. He, you know, he would never say, you know, oh, fantastic job. He'd never pump your tyres up that way. Uh, but I remember uh, one day, he always used to talk about this particular play. His name was Alan Seddon. And he was a really good a young kid. He gave up the bagpipes after a while. And he said he's the best player that he's ever had. He said he could have gone on to win the Australian Championships, but he chose not to and blah, blah, And he always used to talk about him. And in my mind, even though I never said this out loud to anyone, I said, I want to be better than him. I want to be the best that Fred has ever had. And then it was years afterwards. We had a, a couple of really, um, really tough moments, I think, because we got to the point and this is a real turning point for me, got to the point one night, I used to go over to Fred and he said, he said, you know what? He said, I need to get you to go to someone else. He said, I've taught you as much as I can. And it was after I'd played him a, a song and he's like, he couldn't fault it. And that was really hard for me because I thought, oh, what do you mean? I, I didn't want to leave him. And he gave me the details of uh, somebody that I did know. I didn't know him well, uh, but he was a, a much... Fred wasn't a great player, but he was a great coach and he got the best out of people. And even though not everybody agreed with his techniques and so forth, I had so much respect for him. And um, because of that, I, I did go to this other person. I lived 
a couple of hours away from where this person lived and mum used to take me down once a fortnight and I practiced with him and then I'd come back and I remember the day, so I, I progressed from there and then I ended up moving to Melbourne uh, permanently and I went to the World Championships in, in uh, the year 2000, uh, what am I talking about, year 2000, 1990. And I'll never forget the time when uh, I went back home after you know being at World um, Championship level and I was playing for him and he said, do you know what? I reckon you're better than Alan Seddon. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, and the smile that that brought for me. And do you know what? That's probably better than any trophy or, you know, competing in the Worlds or, uh, you know, any Australian Championship medal ever meant to me. It was, I was just wanting to know that I had made it for him and been the best that he'd produced. And he's no longer with us. And I remember like going to his funeral, that was so, it was a really emotional for me because I kept in contact with him. He started to lose his, his sight and his hearing and everything. And um, yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to talk about sometimes um, because of, yeah, just what he, <clears throat> pardon me, choking up, uh, because of what he meant and the impact Let me just have a drink of water here. Oh, gosh, Rob. But I guess I didn't know this at the time that he was going to be my first ever coach. But going in, I did know even at that age, I knew what I wanted and I wanted to get better. I didn't know about competitions until the first session that I had with him. And when he told me about that, that was like, wow, let's see what we can do together. And he motivated this, this amazing work ethic in me. And I think now when, like I wasn't in a great spot in my life then and he, he really provided me with the pathway out of the darkness that I was in at the time into a better way. And what it did was showed me, I can see this on reflection now, that by constantly moving forward, constantly focusing on your goals, constantly wanting to progress and get better in what it is that you love doing will take you where it is that you want to want to go to. It's still emotional. And my goal when he told me that was at the time when I started, there was still Australian championships and then they stopped Australian solo championships and they had pipe band championships and I made it to a band where we won the Australian championships and then um, my next was to compete in the world championships and I, um, with the band and I'm, I achieved that. But I set my goals on it, my eyes on it from that very first time when he told me, I said, what, is there an Australian Championships too? And then he told me about the World Championships. I said, what, there's a World Championships in this? Wow. And that's what I aim for. And this is what we don't do enough of in life. We don't work hungry enough or don't be hungry enough for those things that are so, so important 
for us. We don't create something that's important. We just go through, through that life. And sometimes we do get into those places where we just don't know where to go to from here. I recorded a podcast just um, earlier today actually called The Fog on um, the Rob Evans 365 podcast. I think it's day 977. Go and have a listen to that. I talk about it more there. But we can sometimes find ourselves in this fog where we just don't know how to get out of it. We can't see what's going on. Imagine yourself standing in this really thick, thick white fog and you don't know where to go. You can't, you can't get out of it. You don't, you don't know what's going on. So you just stay where you are and you stay immobilized. And that's what we do so much of in our life. But here's the key to that. You need to have faith in knowing that it won't always be like that. That what happens on a day of a fog, normally the sun comes out and it burns it off and it's an amazing day. And how do you get out of the fog? You just keep moving forward. You just keep taking steps forward. Taking those action steps every single day so that you know that you are moving, you're progressing. It won't always be like this. And if you are in that place right now, take it from me. If somebody that's been in a really dark place as a child, and if somebody had said to me when I was at that age, life will not always be this way for you. It will not always be this dark. You will not always be this confused. Life does get better. You just have to have faith in knowing that if you focus on what's important to you, and you keep progressing every single day, taking action, wanting to be a better version of yourself, wanting to be better in those areas of your life that you love and that excites you, then one day you will look back and say, oh my God, I cannot believe I am where I am in my life now today. And I can tell you that I am where I am today because of the fog that I was in, because of the fact that I've had those hard times, because I've had some coaching and they've built this fire within me to help me realize that I'm better than this. And a lot of it I've had to do myself because you can be your best coach, but we always need that external coach to reach that extra level because we don't know what we don't know. And that's why I'm saying, if you don't know this now, know that if you are in a bad place, it will not always be that way. But if you are willing to stay where you are and not move because life or this particular task or whatever it is, business, where you are with your health and fitness and body and mindset, if you're not prepared to move from that, then that's where you're always going to stay. But you need to have faith in knowing that if you keep taking the right steps forward, then you'll get beyond the fog. You will have the life that you truly want to. But you've got to want it. Now, if you're thinking, I don't know how to take those first steps, here's the first step. Go to the mentaltoughnessandbodyshow.com, opt in for your free consultation, and let's start a conversation. Let's get connected and let's get you moving. Let's get you to where it is that you want to be in those areas of your life so that you can become unstoppable and have everything that you want. Stay safe. I'll see you tomorrow.